0: From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Coach Ball from PickleballCoach.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. From the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, it's the Pickleball Show. I'm your host, Chris Allen. Joined today from uh, we're from uh, Collingwood, Ontario, Canada, Mark Rennison is joining me today from ThirdShotSports.com. Mark, how are you? Hi, Chris. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great today. Happy to be here. And we do have uh, lots of attendees here. This is our brand new webinar format that we've debuted here for 2016. And that means anybody can attend a taping of the Pickleball Show. And we are happy to have everybody on the line today. Wanted to talk today about, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit of a taboo subject here. And that is... Bangers. It's the big bad banger show. Bangers are getting a really, really bad reputation out there. When people talk about bangers, it's a negative thing. Uh, nobody wants to admit to being a banger. You don't. Uh, you, know, you go on a website and you look at a new paddle, and it doesn't say on the copy for the paddle, it doesn't say this paddle is perfect for bangers. This is the paddle bangers have been dreaming of because nobody wants to admit to being a banger. Mark and I, you, you and I have talked about this previously, but uh, I think that there are a lot of people out there with banger phobia wanted to get your take on it and first of all i wanted to say that i think a lot of people are calling people bangers who don't deserve to have that title hung around their neck because i think a lot of people are classifying anybody that hits with power, or is it all aggressive, they just automatically classify them as, oh, that person's a banger. That's not the right way to play. What are you seeing uh, up in Canada, Mark? Are you seeing uh, signs of that?
1: Well, this issue of bangers and whether it's the right way to play and how you should play pickleball, it's a complicated one. I know exactly what you mean, that people can easily be identified. You know, you hit a couple hard balls at people's bodies and some people are quick to put them in that banger category. I think first of all, we should try to remove this, the stigma a little bit of the banger. Bangers play really important roles. And, and just for everyone out there who, the way that I'm using the term at least is a banger is someone who primarily hits hard. It is their default mode. So when they're hitting that third shot, Mm -hmm. um, right the serve, return the third shot, there's no thinking of dropping. There's no thinking of hitting a lob. They are going hard at you.
0: Well, that's a good point. And let me interrupt real quick because we do have a poll that I can launch. So this poll says a banger is a person who A, hits hard from the non-volley zone line. B, tries to hit opponents with the ball. Or C, hits hard from the baseline and refuses to get up to the non-volley zone line. So everybody go ahead and vote on one of those. What do you think when somebody talks about a banger, what do you think that is? Go ahead and vote. And uh, Mark, I know I interrupted you there, but vote on that and we'll close it out in just a minute. I want to get an idea of what people's definition of a banger is.
1: I'm wondering if there's a D, all of the above.
0: (laughs) Well, to me.
1: It's hard from the non-volley zone, tries to hit the opponents. It's hard from the baseline, refuses to move up. Maybe a banger is someone who does all of those equally well.
0: Well, to me, but uh, and that's another thing too. It's like, don't feed me a bunch of high balls, and when I slam them back at you, don't just write me off as a banger. Because I've seen people do that too. You know, you, they they're kicking balls up that are that are high, and yeah, I'm gonna smash them. But then don't you know, be dismissive and go, oh, well, this guy's just a banger. You know, that's what you do with a high ball. <laughs> you know,
1: no no one criticizes you for being a banger, do they, Chris? <laughs>
0: sometimes I do get the banger label hung around my neck and I just don't think that I am I think that i if I'm playing aggressively that I just don't think that that is the same thing necessarily let's go to some comments here uh, uh, Neil says I play more of a soft game but sometimes we're both bangers I often find myself playing out of sync should I match my play to theirs oh, okay let's see you play more of a soft game but sometimes you're paired with a partner who's a banger and the opponents are both bangers. So, so both your opponents are bangers. Your partner's at a banger. Uh, you're playing a soft game. What should you do? Should you up your game and just try to play the banger game, or just continue to play your soft game? How would you advise somebody uh, like that uh, in that situation, Mark?
1: Well, it's tricky. I know it's um, it's easy to be sucked into that kind of game style. I think the ideal is is that you become a player who can hit hard. When it's appropriate to hit hard, mm-hmm. can take pace off and hit soft when that's appropriate. Someone who um who doesn't sort of get pushed around by all the other players in the game style that they're using. I think um players who who can be diverse in the skills that they use. Yeah, they're the ones who are who are really a threat that you play pickleball against because you know that you know if they can't beat you using plan A, they can beat you using plan B, and if plan B's falling apart, they've got plan C.
0: Lots of arrows in the quiver, as they say.
1: Exactly.
0: Let me close out the poll here and see where everybody stands. We want to we want your definition of a banger. And uh, the poll is closing. If you haven't voted, you've got three, two, one. And the poll is going to close now. And let's share the results and see what people say. A banger is a person who 89% say a, a banger is a person who hits hard from the baseline and refuses to get up to the non-volley zone. 11% say a banger is somebody who tries to hit opponents with the ball. 0% say hits hard from the non-volley zone line. Great. I am in agreement with the 89%. And I think that the last part of that is key. A banger is somebody who hits hard from the baseline, but key to that is they refuse to get up to the non-volley zone line. They want to play little tennis. I mean, to me, normally it's people that used to play a lot of tennis, and they're more than happy just to stand back at the baseline and just zing it all day long. And the last thing they want to do is get up to the line.
1: I think I have a little bit of a different take on that. Um, The way I see it is that a banger is someone who doesn't recognize the difference the different moments in a pickleball game or a pickleball point right the times where it's appropriate to go uh with power and and go then with a softball i would still categorize someone i see them all the time at the let's say three five four oh level even where they hit that third shot they drive it and immediately start running up to the net. So they're they're looking to come in. Their error is thinking that against most players, driving that ball at them and running forward is going to be helpful. So I think you're right that there there are those people who drive it from the baseline and refuse to come forward. You know, maybe it's a subcategory of bangers who do then move forward, mm-hmm. um, but then who still often suffer the consequences.
0: So yeah, we might have to invent a new name for that. <laughs> I was thinking of bangers with benefits.
1: <laughs> <That's> right, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> They don't want to just stay back, they want to come up too, but uh, I see what you mean. They use power when it's not appropriate.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's more an issue of understanding or not, right? Understanding the role of a soft game, the role of changing speeds, and I think that bangers typically don't understand that. Whereas I think of some power players you look from the outside and it's like, wow, those guys, those guys hit hard. But then if you were to ask them, why did you hit hard in that situation? Or why did you hit soft in that one? They have very sort of clear, thoughtful answers. Intelligent power players know the difference about when to hit hard and when to hit soft. And they can explain that difference to you. Whereas, whereas a banger... It's nothing against them, right? They Mm -hmm. may be a new player. They may be just learning the game, and they typically have a more limited understanding about the role that speed can play in the game.
0: Here's a great uh, question from Mark Delvecchio. Mark says, what's the difference between banging the ball and driving the ball? Good one, Mark.
1: Yeah, that is a good question, Mark. Uh, so I would say a drive is a refers to the flight of the ball. So a drive is a ball that travels in a straight line. It goes doesn't have an arc. It's hard hit. It goes straight. That's a drive. And that could be hit from the baseline. It could be hit from a three-quarter court. It could be hit as a volley, right? You can have a drive volley. Um, you could drive the ball on your serve. So it refers to how the ball flies, whereas a banger typically or to bang the ball I still think it goes back to that mindset and the intention or the tactics that underpin the shot that that person's hitting.
0: Now, what about this as a distinction? Uh, You mentioned uh, the use of force when you shouldn't be using force. I see a lot of people, they hit the ball, they drive the ball when they really should just be hitting it softly in that uh, they should, when they hit up on the ball, that's normally a time to hit softly when you're hitting up. When you're hitting down, obviously that's a time to use force and to hit hard. Would you say that uh, somebody who consistently uses force when they hit up on the ball, would that classify them as a banger?
1: I would say not necessarily. So especially with the way the technology is going with the paddles, with the amount of spin players are starting to get on the ball, if the ball is below net level, by creating topspin, by brushing up, if you do it well, you can actually drive a ball even though it's below net level. A good example of this at Nationals, we played doubles against Matt Stobb and Aspen Kern. And Aspen, like, I mean, the number of times that that guy hit a hard topspin volley, mm-hmm. even though the ball was dipping below net level was unbelievable to me right i was accustomed to kind of the thinking that you you just talked about oh the ball's below i hit a good shot it's below net level he's probably going to play a soft one back and all of a sudden i'm getting the ball in the chest so um i do think that skilled players can create top spin on balls that are below the net and can therefore drive it with speed
0: now did you ever see the movie annie hall mark remember that woody allen movie from the 70s did you see that one
1: I'm familiar with it. It predates me
0: by about uh, a decade or so, but uh, well, yeah, I'm familiar with I it. I saw it in the theater, so I guess that makes me super old, <laughs> but uh, there was a scene in there where he's talking about, well, he's on a movie line and this guy behind him, the movie line is talking about this guy, Marshall McLuhan. And he says, well, I happen to have Marshall McLuhan right here and he brings him out Yeah, and they said, oh, wouldn't it be great if life was like this? This is one of those times when life is actually like this, because you were talking about playing against uh, Aspen Kern and Matt Staub at the Nationals, and I just happen to have Matt Staub right here. Hey, Matt Staub, Chris Allen and uh, Mark Renison here on the Pickleball Show. How are you today?
2: I am fantastic. How are you all doing? Doing
0: good too. We were just talking about bangers, you know, normally hitting low balls that you would normally hit up on. That uh, those generally taking those and turning them into a, a hard shot. That a lot of people think of that as a banger shot. And Mark was saying that when he was playing against you and the Nationals, that uh, it was just an you know an unbelievable number of balls that you guys, you and Aspen, could take super low and still turn them, you know, turn into something really hard. Is that something that uh, just uh, you're seeing more and more of at the 5-0 level?
2: Well, let me start by saying that it really helps when you play with someone like Aspen, who's, I would say, one of the best players in the game at doing this. And having an amazing partner is probably step one, a lot better than myself. So between Aspen and Daniel Moore, I think, are two of the best guys at taking balls below the net, balls that people would normally let bounce, hit up on, or not be aggressive with. Those two guys, if you watch any video of them, are the best at taking that low ball, not only being aggressive with it, but being able to keep it in the court, which is something that a lot of us, to include myself, can't do, taking that super low ball and being able to keep it in the court and be ultra-aggressive with it. So if you watch any tape of them, take some
0: notes. What is it about their technique when you're standing side by side with them? Why can they do that? And, and people like me and others find it so hard to be able to do that.
2: I think there actually is a really, really high level of skill involved with it. They both use, I would say Aspen more than Daniel, but they're really wristy. Aspen is really, really wristy, meaning, you know, a lot of people will swing with their arms and try to get some topspin, but he not only uses his arm, but he's flicking it almost like a a ping pong paddle or like a, it's hard to even describe unless you watch him in person. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as creating topspin, those two guys can do it better than anybody. And I even struggle with it. You know, we got a slick paddle, we got a slick ball. It's hard to make topspin, but those guys make it look pretty effortless.
0: Do you think they're, they're, they're carrying the ball just a little bit, they're lifting it up just a little, and then they're zinging it at you?
2: Oh, it's definitely a low to high. I mean, the, the concept, I think a lot of people understand. It's just hard to execute as far as, you know, they're definitely starting below the ball, catching a little bit of it to create that topspin as they, you know, brush up on the side of the ball. Even Aspen and Daniel, too, I tell you, something they do that I haven't seen a lot of people do is they can get outside the ball off both wings, whether it's forehand, backhand, mm-hmm. and, and hook. It's almost like in, in tennis, it makes perfect sense, and Mark knows this well. When you get outside a tennis ball, you can grab it almost and pull it off the court, yank it with topspin and go sharp angles. And with a pickleball and a pickleball paddle, it's nearly impossible. But those guys can get outside of the ball, whether it's whether they're hitting it hard or a dink even. They can hook the ball, whether it's forehand, you know, they're pulling it to the left side or on the backhand pulling it to the right side. And it's just their ability to get outside the ball and take a little piece of the ball and still be able to effectively get it down into the court, which is not easy to do.
0: Boy, that's for sure. Mark, what do you think?
1: Well, I agree with Matt completely, and both Aspen and Daniel are good examples. The smaller joints, right, they're not very good for doing big, heavy lifting, but smaller joints are really good for moving fast. And so um, if you're hitting a shot, let's say a a harder shot, you're returning serve from the baseline or even hitting a serve from the baseline, um, that's typically a shot that you would want to use your entire body for, right? Right the smaller parts, but also the bigger ones because you're, you're having to do more work. In the case of the shot we're talking about, so someone's at the net, you play a ball that's just dropping over the net, that flick that Matt referred to, right, requires so much acceleration. You're not going to be able to generate that with the big joints, right, with your shoulder and your hip and your legs. It has to be a very quick movement. And so that's where the use of the wrist is so important. And someone like Aspen, who's a really big guy, I mean, it's already tough enough to get the ball to land in front of him because he's so tall, but he's a big, strong guy who can generate that speed. You know, So this is a big advantage for someone like
0: him. Makes sense. Hey, Matt, thank you for joining us out of the blue like that. We really appreciate your take on it.
2: Oh no problem! I love it. I love talking about uh, good partners.
0: What's your take if you have two super aggressive uh, opponents, and maybe you and your partner aren't exactly in sync? We had a gentleman ask earlier if he if he plays a soft game generally, and then his partner is playing a banger game uh, or, or an aggressive game. Uh, is there a way to balance that out? Do you have any tricks that you uh, that you could share?
2: Well, I actually think that. The game, if you're going to win at the top level, requires two people like that. You're going to need somebody to bang and somebody to play defense. So as far as, you know, when when Chris and I, Chris Miller and I played last year, he was definitely the more aggressive one, Mm -hmm. and I was definitely the more defensive one.
0: You kind of have a setup guy, and then you have a a put-away guy? Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: So I think that you definitely need both. You know, you can't have two people just trying to destroy balls at all times. And you can't have two completely defensive players. So you kind of definitely need a little mix of both.
0: Who determines, I guess, who's going to play what role? Do you determine that ahead of time? Or do you see how the flow of the game is going? Or who is being targeted? Does that matter?
2: I think it just, you know, before you even make the partnership, I think you just kind of know who's going to be the aggressor and who's going to be the more defensive one. Uh I think anybody that, you know, plays with me is knowing that I'm probably going to be back playing some defense because that's kind of what I like to do. But I think you can determine it beforehand if you want, but I think you just kind of know going into it.
0: Guys, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Mark Rennison from ThirdShotSports.com, and you can check out everything that Mark's up to at his website. And Matt Staub at uh, PoachPB.com, right? Yes, sir. We're going to talk with Matt some more in an upcoming episode, so we look forward to that. Gentlemen, thank you again. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Matt. And as always, we'd like to thank you for joining us today as well. Do you have an opinion about what we discussed today? Maybe a, a suggestion, a topic you'd like to hear us discuss here on The Pickleball Show? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Email us anytime at mail at pickleball show. Dot com. That's mail at pickleballshow.com. You'll find us on Facebook too, Facebook.com slash pickleball show, Twitter.com slash pickleball show, and don't forget about the good old website. It's pickleballshow.com. Also, head over to iTunes if you get a chance. Hit that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. And if you feel it's appropriate, go ahead and leave us one of those coveted five-star reviews, which boosts us up in the rankings and makes it so much easier for other pickleball players around the world to find the show. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.